are you attracting the people who you want to attract? Mm -hmm. And if you are, then there's no problem. You do you, right? But if you're somebody who really desires, you know, let's say to work from home in your pajamas and you want to attract these like high paying, high level, high ticket, you want like this luxury brand and you're showing up in, you know, your llama pajamas from Target and you're like, well, where are all these like high ticket, high paying clients? Well, you have to look like you have the results that you're offering. So absolutely, if you want to create this brand where you know, like I get to work from home in my pajamas, like that's your dream. It's like, great. What kind of pajamas is this high level version of you working from home in? Most business owners and entrepreneurs are secretly sick of hustling. And if you are too, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Hustle Less, Profit More podcast with me, Mickey Anderson, where we're revolutionizing success because you should have it all. Business success, lasting wealth, freedom, and fulfillment. Join me on this quest to uncover the keys to defining and achieving success on our terms so we can all hustle less and profit more. Courtney St. Clair is a transformative style coach who is on a mission to educate, empower, and inspire women to leverage the power of personal style and, in her words, be completely lit the F up by what you see in the mirror so that you can move into alignment with your next level self and become magnetic to the right people, opportunities, and money. (laughs) In this episode, we dive deep into the transformative power of style and challenge the work-from-home status quo attire. Courtney teaches us the science and the art of using style to step into the best version of yourself. This was such a fun conversation. I hope you enjoy. Where I'd like to start is for you to just give me a little bit about yourself, your story, and how you came into this role as the style Sherpa. Well, actually, when I was a kid, I hated everything to do with style. It was like, if it was comfortable, I would wear it. (laughs) That was it. I started working retail, and then I was interning at a modeling agency, and then I went to school for fashion. So I really kind of got a really good, cool, encompassing idea of the industry as a whole and everything except design because I can't draw. (laughs) So the whole whole business aspect. Um, And then... Before I really kind of had a chance to do anything with it, I became a mom. And as you probably know, when you become a mom, everything kind of changes and you lose a little bit of sense of your identity. And I really just started wearing black leggings and black t-shirts. And that was what I called that was like my mom uniform. And I wore that every day, almost four or five years. But I was also kind of getting into this personal development law of attraction, really taking a lot of interest in kind of embodying your next level self. And then I was doing all of the actions. I was doing all the things that, you know, you're supposed to be doing. I was doing the habits and the routines and and nothing was really changing. And then I looked in the mirror one day, it was actually probably May of 2020. And I was like, well, you preach about embodying, you know, your next level self and showing up as your next level woman, but like, look at you. You look nothing like the version of yourself that you would. And you do have, I was the kind of person, I had a closet full of clothes. I would buy things all the time. And like, one day when I have, you know, fabulous places to go and fabulous things to do, then I'm going to wear all this stuff. And I kind of was just hanging in my closet. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? 
I'm just going to challenge myself for one year. One year, I'm just going to wear the clothes and see what changes. If you want to, you know, do the fabulous things, if you want to attract the fabulous things, you have to wear the fabulous clothes. And immediately, things just kind of started shifting and clicking into place. You know, money started coming in. I paid off a student loan in full. And then later on that day, one quarter of that was came right back to me. You know, we did a dream renovation at our cottage. We did a dream renovation at our house. I was sharing this journey on Instagram and women started kind of reaching out to me and being like, God, what are you doing? And then I developed a business around it, coaching women through kind of this same process that I led myself through, which a business was something that worked around my life and offered the freedom for me to show up for my kids how I wanted was also something that I was really desiring. So it all just kind of started to fall into place like that. I think so many of us can relate to that because I know there was a day after I came back from maternity leave and I looked down and was like, oh, <laughs> like, what have I done? And how do I get back to who I was before or into a new version of myself? You talk a lot about embodying. And one of the things we hear in success in sport, for sure, is um, the concept of faking it till you make it. And I think a lot of people, or at least myself, for sure, don't quite understand the difference between the two whether there's overlap, whether it's true or not. Um, so could you go ahead and, and share with the listeners and me a little bit more about what embodying really means? So embodying really is just when you start to show up and take aligned action as the version of yourself that you desire to be. And then your reality tends to catch up to who you are. So it's called like being in alignment. You're living in alignment with the version of you that you want to become. And then our brains have this part called the reticular activating system. And it's just this little group of neurons that take what we're focusing on and it creates a filter for it. So it's like when you're watching TV and you're watching the news and you pick up the controller and you change it to Grey's Anatomy, all of a sudden you've changed the frequency. You're tuning in to another frequency. The news is still playing at the same time. You know, Big Bang Theory is probably on another channel. There's probably some Hallmark movie on the channel. It's all still available. Happening on a parallel timeline is great anatomy, but you chose your frequency. So when you start to give yourself an actual physical way to actually see the reality that you desire playing out in front of you, when you look in the mirror, you see the version of yourself that has all of the things that you already want. You look around in your space and you see kind of evidence of it coming to fruition you trigger reticular activating system to start to tune out everything that is not in alignment with the reality that you desire. And then you're going to start to embody it more and more. You're going to be like, oh my God, this is really working. You're going to start to shift your beliefs. You're going to start to shift your actions. And all of a sudden you've moved into alignment and you've manifested the things that you truly desire. And the more that you believe it, the more you see the evidence of intuition, the more that it's going to work for you. Because the biggest part of manifestation is belief. So the problem with saying something like fake it till you make it, you know, you get dressed in the mirror and you see the version of yourself that has, you know, whatever the million dollar business and you're like, well, fake it till you make it. What have you done then? You've poked a hole in the belief. You're telling yourself consciously that this is fake. So the concept is really the same. It's just the wording that you're giving yourself conscious. You're not going to poke the hole into the belief. Embody it until you receive it is a much better way to word it rather than fake it until you make it because it's going to take, it's not that you won't get there saying fake it till you make it, but it's going to take you a lot longer. 
Yeah, it reminds me a lot about, um, we talk about like narrative psychology and the power of the way we tell stories, not just the stories we tell, but the words we intentionally choose to tell our story and basically create our own reality through those stories. And that very much so fits into that kind of format where faking it has a very different story than stepping into and embodying and becoming. Exactly. You're not faking anything. You're co-creating. You've made an active decision and you're embodying and you're creating the magic, you know, with whatever higher powers and higher sources that you believe in to bring it into reality, right? There's the, the unknown kind of universe, God, higher power, and then there's a science behind it. So I kind of like to fuse the both together, but if you're more like kind of scientific, then you can lean more into the science way. And if you're more like woo, you can lean more into the woo way. But I like to fuse them both because I'm a little bit of both myself. I like to kind of believe that there's more out there. And then I also kind of want to know, like, how to back it up. Like, let me know how it works. Like, if I'm going to believe it, I got to have a little bit of evidence, a little bit of science behind it, right? Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about manifestation? Because I think we hear the word to manifest. We hear it all the time, even alignment. But I think a lot of us have this idea of what manifestation is. And then there's the reality of what it actually is. And I love the way that you said co-creating, um, because that's not something that we hear all the time, or at least myself, I haven't heard many people explain it that way. So can you go a little bit more into what manifestation really is? So basically, it is a co-kind of creation, right? So a lot of people think that manifestation is kind of this like really weird thing. And they're like, well... I'm going to say I would like to manifest a million dollar business. And then that's it. That's all they do. They just say it. Open up the heavens and please deliver it now. Where is it? Well, that's like sitting on the couch being watching the news and being like, well, I like to watch Grey's Anatomy. It's wishing. (laughs) It's wishing, right? It's wishing. You actually have to take the action to pick up the remote control, point at the TV if you're old school, you need to make the connection and physically change the channel. So if you decide I would like to manifest a million dollar business, you actually have to take an action that's in alignment with bringing that into your reality, right? You can't decide I'm going to sleep in every day and I'm going to, you know, send out or post one thing on social media per day and that's going to manifest the business like that's not that's like bringing a banana to try and change your tv like you're take you're you're going through a motion that's like but it's not gonna get you there right it's you're going through a motion that is similar to what you need to be doing it's part of the process but you're not doing the whole piece right it's it's moving all of the different parts into alignment acting accordingly with how the version of you would if you had that million dollar business, right? And it doesn't mean doing everything all at once because that gets overwhelming. And that is why I like to use style as one of my number one manifestation tools because it kind of supercharges the process because you're tapping into that reticular activating system that I was talking about earlier. Yeah, so tell me a little bit more about the use of style and how you can use your attire, your clothing, your style to start to co-create the life that you exist or the the business that you want? So we, when you think about humans at the very core of our existence, we're just animals, right? The thing that we are hardwired for is survival. Mm -hmm. So 
one of the things, one of the tools that we use for survival is our, our senses, right? Well, they're basically the only tool we use for survival, but one of the biggest ones is our sight. We as human beings will believe things that we can see over things that we can just hear over things that we can just smell. Like you're like, okay, I smell a fire, but like, I don't see the fire. So I'm a little bit alert that there possibly could be a fire in the area, but until I see it, I don't truly believe that it's going to be like a full on threat to me. Right? So when we're looking at ourselves in the mirror, one of the biggest things that they used, you know, back in the caveman days is to identify and, and help express through like different shrines and different things is how they presented themselves, right? There's different headdresses, different markings on the body. And we very much do the same thing today. So when we can actually see the reality that we want in front of us, when we look into the mirror, it supercharges that manifestation process, right? Because it's us that we're actually seeing in alignment with the version of ourselves that has the things that we want. You know, I see the million dollar version of myself in the mirror when I look in the mirror every day. Well, there's evidence that she's real because there she is. She's flipping straight back at me. And again, you start to act in alignment with that version of yourself. You take the actions that are required because you, you see yourself as that person. And style, there's something called um, enclosed cognition. And it is actually the psychological processes that our brains go through when they see what we're wearing. So, so this is why style is so unique and it's so personal and it has to be in alignment with you and the version of yourself that you kind of desire to see as your next level self. There was a study done, I can't remember the guy's names, but they took a group of college undergrad students from the same class and they just randomly separated them into two. Mm -hmm. And they had half of them white lab coats and told them that it was a doctor's coat and they gave the other half of them this exact same coat and told them that it was a painter's smock. And then they put them through a series of cognitive ability and focused tests. The group that was told that this coat was a doctor's coat scored twice as high as the group that was told it was a painter's smock. And it's because they were embodying the qualities that they perceived a doctor would have. They're, you know, viewed as calculated, uh, logical. And whereas painters are more viewed as like these free-spirited, open-minded thinkers, very creative, right? They didn't do as well on the cognitive focus tests. So when you see, and even when you, you know the clothes are on your body, what's important to tap into what you desire, you're going to start to embody the qualities that you perceive are tied to that specific type of garment or that specific look. I worked for Clinique <laughs> at one of the Boots and Sears for a few years, and we wear a, a white lab coat, and it's the only beauty booth um, that does that. And for sure, it was to make us as the experts in our field, look more professional, to feel more professional, to be more on the science as opposed to the, the beauty side. Yeah. Um, but also anyone who saw us saw a white lab coat and immediately it changed their perception of this brand. And so that makes so much sense clinical. to me. I love that study. Yeah. More that clinical, right? Everyone perceived you as more clinical. And that's, exactly. That's also what helps when you are dressing 
specifically for yourself and how you kind of desire your next level woman to dress and the most successful version of you, which you really kind of have to tap into to figure out what that is. It appeals and sends the right message to the people who are going to help you get there, right? I always like to say, it doesn't matter what you wear. It's always going to be too much for one person, not enough of this for another, and, you know, just right for a certain person or a certain group of people. So what happens when you become just right for the wrong people? You experience frustration because you're not, if you have a business, you know, you're appealing to the wrong set of clients or, you know, you're not sending the right message. If you have like a a nine to five job, you're not sending the right message to, you know, your boss or the clients that you're trying to receive. If you're trying to date and, you know, you really want somebody that's going to eat pizza with you on Friday nights and you're going to the bar looking like you're in athleisure gear and you're attracting all these like gym rats and you're like, well, no one wants to eat pizza with me on Friday nights and watch Netflix because they're at the gym. You're not, you're not dressing in alignment. You're not sending the right message to attract the right people who have the life and offer, you know, the people that will help you get to where you want to go. Yeah. We do the same thing in branding, right? Logo, style, design, color palette, fonts are all selected for two sides, right? To represent the brand, the business, but also to attract the right customers. And I think you just nailed it. It's the exact same concept with your style. Um, well, your style is part of your branding. Yeah. And that's why it's so important to appeal to yourself first. People are going to judge you. Yeah. Full stop. It does not matter. There's nothing that you can do about it. I was saying earlier, you know, that's part of human nature. Yep. That's part of, you know, our brains are hardwired to see things and make those snap judgments. That's actually how post-traumatic stress disorder works. You know, people experience a really, really traumatic event, like a car accident. And the last thing they heard or the last thing they saw before that car accident was a group of children laughing. After that car accident, a group of children laughing is going to trigger panic and fear because their brain has associated that with a very life-threatening event and your brain is hardwired for survival. It's made a very strong neural pathway. It's the same with if you're like a little field mouse and you're going to get attacked by an owl and the last thing you saw was a shadow fly over you and you somehow escaped that owl. Whenever you see a shadow like that, your brain is hardwired to know, oh shit, I better get out of here, right? So Mm. we're conditioned through society to judge things based on the way that they look. Now, depending on the different life experiences that we have, the way that we look could appeal to some people and it can appeal to not, but largely it's perceived in the same way, right? You look at someone like Kim Kardashian, we largely perceive her as like this sexy woman. And then there's the people that think she's like classy and talented. And then there's the people that think she's like trashy. And, but it's the perception of the sexiness is there. It's the opinion based on that perception that largely reflects on at people's individual life experiences. Yeah. So one of the questions that I have for sure is because we, we picture these, you know, $100 million businesses that we aspire to have, right? This grander vision of success. And we assume that in order to embody that, I got to buy some expensive clothes, right? Does embodying the best version of yourself have to be expensive? No, it doesn't. Especially if 
you ha- what you have to do first is you want to look at when I had this hundred million dollar business or even just this million dollar business, how am I going to dress? How am I going to dress for work? How am I going to dress when I go to the grocery store? Right. If you want to be, you know, the person that gets invited to, you know, these beautiful charity events, you still have to dress how that version of you would when she's not at the party in order to, you know, align to the right people and get the invite. Right. You can't just be like going grocery shopping in your sweatpants and hoodie and expect that you're going to, you know, run into somebody who's going to be like, oh, my God, like, let's connect. Right. You're going to blend in with everybody else. So how would that version of you dress? And then where are you dressing like that right now? Probably not, right? And if you can't do it because, you know, of the price tag, you want to get a little bit more creative. Fashion triples down, right? I have this beautiful skirt suit that I got at Aritzia. The whole set was $200, but it has a Chanel vibe to it, like super Chanel vibe. Like it would be like a $4,000 skirt suit for Chanel. But when I look in the mirror, I still see Chanel, right? Mm -hmm. It's about finding where the style, the silhouettes, the cuts, you know, the textures of the fabrics have trickled down to where you can fit them into your budget, right? And then you can do things like rent the runway or, you know, purse rental services. You can go to the runway section of Winners and TJ Maxx and, you know, you can go and see if you can get them on consignment. You know, there's the real real, there's Depop shop, there's local consignment stores as well. Sometimes even in places like Value Village or on, I don't know what they have in the United States, but sometimes they even have, you know, vintage designer funds at a massive discount. So can you find them anywhere else? And if all else fails, you just want to find things that are the same colors, the same cuts, kind of the same textures. And you want to try and always buy the best that you can afford, right? Because your net worth is only going to be as big as your self-worth. So if you can really afford, you know, a $300 pair of jeans, but you're like, eh, I'm going to go down to Zara and I'm going to get a pair for like 60 bucks. You've just discounted yourself. You don't think that you are worthy of a $300 pair of jeans, even though you have the financial means to do it. So if you don't think that you are worth a $300 pair of jeans, are people going to think that you're worth $300 an hour when you're discounting your own self for yourself? No, right? You're only going to be able to hold as much money as you believe that you're worth and what you're willing to invest into yourself. So don't discount yourself. Like if you can't afford the $300 jeans, then absolutely buy the $60 jeans or go into the stores that sell the $300 jeans and see if you can grab them on sale, knowing that one day you're going to be there buying the $300 pair. Yeah, I think it. what you're connecting to me is it's about the energy we use or we come into when we buy as opposed to what we buy. So if I go in and I'm super excited and am proud um, and love the way a certain thing fits, it's not so much the price that matters. It's the value that I see in myself and the way that I feel when I wear the thing rather than how much the thing actually costs. Exactly. Yeah. And go, don't, don't think that you can't just like go into stores that are above your price range right now to, to look around and to get into how it would actually feel to be able to shop there and to look at the people 
that are in the space and kind of see how they're moving, how they're carrying themselves. Because if you don't think that you're like, you know, a lot of times women go, oh, I can't, like, I can't even look. I can't even look in there. Like, it's just so expensive. Well, if you're not worthy enough to even dream at it, you're never actually going to be worthy, feel worthy enough to receive it. You're, you're always worthy enough to receive it. You will ever feel worthy enough to receive it if you don't feel worthy enough to even think about it or dream it. I love that. There's this Burberry coat that I'm obsessed with. And I've done this. I went into Harry Rosen and literally went in the change room and tried it on and just stood there for like five minutes. And the lady kept coming to check to see if I was okay. <laughs> but I was in there just like owning the moment like someday this is going yeah. to be mine and loving and walking, out. and walking out without the coat but knowing that one day I was going to be able to walk in and wear it again and yeah. it's just such and a different vibe it. and how does that feel when I actually get to walk out with it that's like tapping into the feelings tapping into the energy and and feeling the embodiment so what you can do at that point is now you kind of have an idea of how that felt yeah and what you can do is tap into how what else do I already have in my life that makes me feel this way? Yeah. And tap into that feeling as much as you possible, because then you're putting yourself on the same vibrational frequency and level of the feeling as having it. And it's going to move you that much closer into alignment with actually bringing that code into your reality. For those of us who maybe are struggling to believe that we're capable of attaining these big goals, we have these dreams of the million dollar business, but we're at this place where it just doesn't, like it feels like a dream. It doesn't feel super possible right now, but we want to start taking aligned action. We want to start embodying it and tapping into it. Is there a way that we can use our style to start almost trying to make those dreams feel a little bit more possible? Yeah, so if it's, if the things that you desire you feel that they're so far out of reach look for the next step like maybe you dream of you know being able to walk into you know Burberry and buy the coat well look at where you are now of being able to afford and what's the next step up from where you're at now like maybe it's a Michael Kors coat yeah right so Make that your goal of moving. Like you're not going to go from buying your clothes at Zara to buying it at Burberry. There's going to be other levels that you work through on the way up. So focus on one of those that seems more attainable, that seems more believable. Yeah. And just keep going the staircase up. And it'll probably, it'll probably start to compound faster and faster. So, you know, you might go from Zara to Michael Kors and then from Michael Kors to another designer and then to Burberry, right? Because it will start to compound the effects and the power of, you know, the manifestation, the alignment and the belief will compound and it will start to work faster and faster. You're not going to have to go, you might go one step and then you might go three steps and then you might go, you know, 10 steps and all of a sudden you're there, right? You're like, holy shit, what just happened? They say dress for the role that you want, right? Dress for the job that you want. Um, A lot of times, at least I know in my life, there have been times where doing that feels like I'm not, I'm being inauthentic. Like I'm kind of being fake. Like I'm trying to pretend or be someone that I'm not. Is dressing to influence others, does that make me less authentic? It does if this goes back to kind of what happens when you become kind of just right for the wrong people, right? Mm. You want to dress authentically for yourself first, and then you will actually influence the people around you who are the right people to get sucked into your world, right? Like personally, myself, I love black. I love all black. And I perceive myself as a high value woman. But when I see another woman 
out. Maybe she's wearing a yellow power suit. I'm not turned off by her yellow power suit. I'm almost like magnetized to her because I can tell that she also believes that she is a high value woman. And there's a connection there that I really kind of want to explore. You know, maybe if she was behind me in Kotlin, I would just say hi to her. You know, maybe we'd strike up a conversation. But, you know, if she was there in her sweatpants, I would probably not say hi to her, right? Because there isn't, there isn't a connection there. I, like, is it wrong to go to Starbucks in your sweatpants? No, but it's just not appealing to me personally personally fight but maybe if you are somebody who likes to wear sweatpants you know maybe you're you've just come from the gym and you're wearing a tracksuit and you see another girl in front of you who's also wearing a tracksuit you're like oh my god were you just at the gym you know there's a connection there for you right mm-hmm. so it's about dressing for yourself first and that that really involves going on this kind of self-discovery journey of what you really truly desire your style to be because the problem is is there's so many different styles out there that are available to you. And we often create a mismatch of a whole bunch of different ones in our closet. And then we feel like we have nothing to wear or we're constantly changing our style and we never really create this strong identifiable message that makes us magnetic to people, right? It's like watching a TV show. When the characters come on the screen, you're never like shocked by what they're wearing, right? Mm -hmm. It makes sense for them and their character. But if there was a character on the TV show, right, and she was supposed to be this like super powerful businesswoman, and you know, one time she was dressed in this really slick power suit, and then the next time that you saw her, all of a sudden, she was dressed really kind of like boho, and then the next time that you saw her on the screen, she was wearing a sweatsuit, and you would start to get really confused about what was happening with this character. It would make it very hard to connect with her and get a good sense of who she is and what she's all about, even though you've been told, right? And it's the same thing with us in real life. When you're constantly kind of switching your style up, it makes it really confusing, not only for the people around you, but even for yourself. Because again, your self-perception of yourself plays a huge factor in your personal identity. It plays a huge factor in your alignment and your beliefs and your self-worth and all of these things, right? I'm going to push it a little bit to the other side because I've heard people who wear their sweatsuits or wear their funky pajamas or what, you know what I mean? And they're like, well, I'll attract the right people because I want to be, this is me. This is who I am. This is my style. Um, how would you respond to, the, to those people? I would respond to those people saying, are you attracting the people who you want to attract? Mm-hmm. And if you are, then there's no problem. You yep. do you, right? Yep. But if you're somebody who really desires, you know, let's say to work from home in your pajamas and you want to attract these like high paying, high level, high ticket, you want like this luxury brand and you're showing up in, you know, your llama pajamas from Target and you're like, well, where are all these like high ticket, high paying clients? Well, you have to look like you have the results that you're offering. So absolutely, if you want to create this brand where you know, like, I get to work from home in my pajamas, like, that's your dream. It's like, great. What kind of pajamas is this high-level version of you working from home in? Is it llama pajamas from Target? Because that's not really in alignment with, you know, luxury. A silk nightie, a silk matching set, a, a matching set of loungewear, putting on a little bit of jewelry with your loungewear. That sends a very different message from I work from home in my pajamas to I have the luxury of working from home in my pajamas and I make a ton of money doing it. 
let me show you how. Uh, People are looking for the results that they desire within you. I love that. And I think they're going to look elsewhere. I guess the question for me is like, if I want to look like I try hard and I deliver great results and that sort of thing, but I want to stay in my jammies or I want to wear comfortable clothes or I want to be me, what is a step that I can take to attract the right people, but still stay in like what feels right for me? And when people start to misjudge us, are there ways to adapt? So if people are misjudging you, you you want to take a harder look at your alignment and what it is that you're wearing, right? So I always like to come up with kind of a vibe for the style. And I like to come up with messaging words, right? Because when we look at people, we automatically, it's the way that our brain works, biological, there's no changing it within one tenth of a second, we've already made one assumption about them and who they are. And our whole judgment is formed within seven seconds. That's not enough time to open your mouth to say anything, right? You're at the grocery store checkout line and you see a man in a, I like to always use men as an example because people think this only applies to men, but it applies to everybody. So you see a man in a suit. Your first assumption is he must work some sort of corporate job, right? It's lunchtime, 12 o'clock at the grocery store. You're in line picking up your own lunch. There's a man in a suit. He works in an office, corporate, right? You move, you, you look in the next checkout line over, you see a man in jeans and a white t-shirt. It's a little bit dirty. He must work some sort of trade, right? So you want to look at what message do I want to be sending with my clothes? And I like to pick three words. My three words are powerful, feminine, and glamorous. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter what I'm wearing. I want to make sure that my outfit conveys that message of at least one of those words. And that's where you really need to kind of tune into how clothes make you feel. For me, the color black makes me feel powerful. I'm small. I'm 5'2". So if I wear these like pastel-y colors, I feel very delicate and very feminine. So you want to ask what makes me feel these things or what silhouettes or what colors do I feel embodies these things? So when I get dressed, I say, is it, you want to have it convey at least one of your messaging words. Better if it hits two, it's a bomb outfit if it hits all three, right? So if I put on an outfit or I'm shopping and I say, you know, does this look powerful? Does this convey a message of power? Does this convey a message of glamour? Or does this convey a message of femininity? If it doesn't, then I'm out of alignment with my message. Is that how you tie a whole bunch of different outfits in your wardrobe together to match your style all the time? Yes. You have your words, you have your vibe. The first thing you want to say is, does this suit my vibe? Mm. If it doesn't fit the vibe, right? Because different messaging words, like powerful, feminine, glamorous, those things can really fit multiple different vibes, right? You could have a somebody who has minimalistic style vibe to her, right? And her words are, you know, powerful and glamorous as well. And then you can have somebody who has like this really romantic and whimsical style Feminine is probably going to be one of her messaging words as well, right? So the messaging words, you want to first filter out, is it fitting my vibe? If it's not fitting your vibe, it's a no-go. Yep. And then you want to figure out if it's fitting your messaging words, at least one of them. If it doesn't fit your messaging words, then you're completely out of alignment with your style and you're sending the wrong message. So back to your question, if people are not responding to you the way that you desire, 
or you think that you're sending the wrong message, you want to look at what you're wearing. Are you consistently showing up as an embodiment of your vibe and your message? Because it's usually when you're not that you start to run into these issues where people are getting the wrong perception and the wrong ideas of you. And if you are embodying that message and people are still getting kind of the wrong message that you want them to, then you kind of have to go back and really figure out, is this really what I desire? Or am I just kind of, do I just kind of like how it looks, right? Or has my style evolved? Have I reached a new level? Am I ready to evolve and kind of change a few of my messaging words? Maybe at some point in the future, I'll stop being, you know, glamorous and I'll want to be powerful, feminine and sophisticated, right? So when things kind of start getting a little gray or people start getting confused, you want to first check that you're consistently showing up as an embodiment of your message. And then check in if you still even want to be conveying that message or if it's time to evolve, right? Your style is a journey. It's going to evolve. It's going to pivot. It's going to change as you do. How do we identify our vibe? So I, I get the messaging and the words. But when it comes to vibe, feels a little bit almost ambiguous to me. It's like, what, what is my vibe? How do I tap into that? So what I like to do is I have a series of style of success journal prompts that I can send you a link for. They're completely free that everybody can go in and download. There's a little visualization exercise. And if you do a one-to-one with me, then there is like a full guided 20-minute visualization that kind of walks you through what success, your most successful version of yourself, what would your life be like? And then there's little nuances that you tap into to figure out how would you actually look in these situations? What would you be wearing? You know, if you're like, I desire to travel on a private plane. What are you wearing when you're on the private plane? You know, or you're in your house and what does your closet look like? Hear the sound of your footsteps on your floor. What is on your feet? Look down, check that out, right? Really kind of putting yourself into what you truly desire. What does success truly mean to you? Because it's, you're going to get frustrated if you start to try and live up to other people's expectations of success. You're going to get to the real life and you're going to be like, holy shit, I never did any of the things that I wanted to do because I was trying to live this person or this idea of success, but that wasn't my idea of success. Why the hell did I do that? Right? So figure out what it means to you. For some people, success is like private jets and yachts and $100 million companies. And for other people, success just might be like a quiet little cabin in the woods where they get to grow their own gardens. And, you know, what those two people are wearing are going to be vastly different. And it doesn't matter to me if you want the little cabin in the woods or if you want, you know, the private jets and the yachts. Dress as the version of yourself that would already have that stuff. And in order to do that, you really have to envision yourself in the lights and figure out what that looks like for you. Because even again, the little cabin in the woods and the multi-million dollar, you know, yachts, they're still going to have different desires when it comes to their style they might be shopping in the same price points right but again you know chanel has these really sophisticated glamorous power suits and then you have something like burberry who is more like tailored and more of like an equestrian vibe same price point completely different vibes which one speaks to you which one is going to make you feel like that version of yourself and that's where you take the direction of your style I love that. And I think that's really actionable for the listeners as well, because I think for a starting place to start to figure out what their vibe is and what their words are and how they can start to step into this new embodied style, 
like to me that sounds like a great night to sit down and just visualize you know fun and that's why I love style so much because it is such a powerful tool but it's also a lot of fun and it it, even if you're somebody who kind of gets overwhelmed by style in the beginning it's kind of like when you're learning math when you're a kid right and you're like what's one plus three and you're like two three four counting on your fingers right and now as an adult you're like what's one plus three it's four like you just know so the more that you kind of go into it the more second nature it kind of becomes to you and the more it starts to kind of skin these all things they kind of come to you you know when you're shopping and you're in the store and you you start to notice how you're thinking right it's just a really practical way to bring all the personal development stuff because it really applies to you your style is very personal to you and it makes it all about you which gives you a good chance to you know look into where your blocks are and have a chance to use style as a practical tool to overcome them in a really fun way. And the other thing about style is as powerful as it is, you're going to get dressed again tomorrow. You just get dressed that you learn from it and you get dressed again tomorrow. You could give our listeners who are exhausted startup solopreneurs who are working way too much probably, <laughs> um, but want to start to tap into their style and start to embody this next level of themselves, what would be like the first thing you would tell them to do? The first step would definitely be to figure out what you want when it comes to your style, because until you know what you want, you can't get it, mm-hmm. right? So either downloading those style success journal bombs, or I have, you know, group style challenges. I have the full embodying Elevate Transformative Style Experience that's available as a group program. It's also still available as a one-to-one experience. So if you're feeling stuck or overwhelmed and you want somebody to kind of lay it out and completely guide you through it from beginning to end, you can reach out to me. I'll do that with you as well. But if you just kind of want to get started and get kind of an idea, there's also the free five-day Embody and Elevate Challenge just to kind of let you kind of experience the power of your style and tap into a little bit more of what you want to desire when it comes to your style. And then once you figure out what you want, it's really just about taking one step at a time to get there. Everything, like how do you need an elephant? It's like one bite at a time. Where can our listeners learn more about you or find you online? So my favorite place to hang out online is Instagram. So it's at Courtney Sinclair. That is the absolute best place to find me. That's where I'm the most active. That's where you'll find the most information and the most content. And if there's something that you're specifically desiring, you can send me a DM and I will send you you know, a link or a resource that you can go and visit to find out more information about that. Thank you so much. I I definitely learned a ton and I feel like our listeners are going to be ready to step into their closets and start making empowered decisions about their style. So thank you so much, Courtney. You're welcome and have fun with it. It's supposed to be fun. Thank you for joining me in another episode of the Hustle Less, Profit More podcast. Thanks to our season one sponsor, Asteri Pursuit Marketing and Communications. You can find show notes and resources at hustlelessprofitmorepodcast.com. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to rate and review us where you get your podcasts. Join us again next time to uncover more of the keys to achieving success, wealth, fulfillment, and freedom. Thanks for listening.